Continue our daily Bible reading on this Wednesday as we are in Exodus chapter 15. Whoa, what a great chapter, Exodus chapter 15. After the victory that God won for them in Exodus chapter 14, um, after God telling them the victory he's going to win for them in chapter 13 and doing exactly what he said and God far ahead of them, uh, knowing that victory already. And then the end of chapter 14, we read the words that, you know, the Lord saved Israel. Uh, I'm looking at verse 30 in chapter 14. Uh, they saw that. Uh, we see God. We see God's salvation. We put that before us. It's in front of us. Um, and so what do they do then? They fear the Lord uh, in a good way, uh, and they believed in the Lord. So what happens next? Well, what happens next is worship and praise of God. That ought to be the pattern in our life, too, is that we, we see the, the glory of God. We see his work in our lives. We we read like we are in Scripture. And again, uh, I know I'm beating a dead, I'm not, not a dead horse, but I know I keep saying this. That's why we're in the Word of God. So you can see this. So it's in front of you there. And you remember again the Word of God. Lots of other things are in front of your eyes. Lots of things are filling your ears. You're hearing things all the time, constantly. You're seeing things constantly. Those things cause us to dread, to fear the world, to fear what could happen to us in this life, even to fear Satan and to fear death. Nothing, nothing compared to God. Uh, the one we ought to fear is God in a good way. His power is more powerful than anything we're afraid of in this life. Or as someone put it in one of the commentaries, if you fear the Lord, you don't have to be afraid of anything. That's where I want to be. That's where you want to be too. In fact, that's what comes out in the word, the Lord. Now, notice Satan, in the first three verses of chapter 15, uh, Moses says that three times. I will sing to the Lord. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength. Verse 3, the Lord is a man of war. Uh, why is that so important? If you remember constantly, God said previous to this, both to Moses uh, in relation to the children of Israel and to Pharaoh, he said, and in the end, what do I want them to know? That I am the Lord. I am the Lord. And here they're proclaiming exactly that. Uh, at the end of verse 3, it says, and the Lord is his name. Why is that so? Uh, we want to honor the name of the Lord. Think of the, the second commandment. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Think of the Lord's prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Why do we want that to be? So that whenever we hear the name Lord, God, Jesus, or whatever, we think of that powerful God. We think of that God who loves us, whose love is steadfast to us. So that word immediately triggers in our mind um, exactly what, what we need to know. And the most important thing that we uh, that we need to know. It's like for me, and I know this is a corny example, I always use sports when you say Walter Payton, boom. I think of all the things I remember about Walter Payton and what a great running back he was and, and all those kinds of things. But in a much, much greater sense, we want the same thing to happen in our heart when we hear the name of the Lord and the name of Jesus Christ and the name of God. We we know both his power and his glory and his majesty, and we also know the fact that he loves us and his steadfast love endures forever, and that we can be at peace no matter what, because guess what? He's more powerful than anything I'm afraid of, and I want to fear him. So Moses and the people, I love that. Then Moses and the people, and what did they do? They sang. Um, singing is such an important part of our Christian faith. Uh, when we sing those hymns, those hymns that we memorize, it's not only the tune that tugs at our heart and, and, and works at us there, but it's the words that continue to teach Scripture to us. And, and most of our hymns and most of our songs are just are just telling us Scripture again. So there we are. We're in the Word again like we are today. And we're in that Word in our songs and in our um, 
in our hymns especially are deep in that word. What do we talk about there? Well, we talk about what God did. We talk about verse 4 and verse 5, how Pharaoh's chariots, there's our enemy, that's what we're afraid of, went into the sea and the floodwaters covered them. Why did they do that? Verse 6, because the right hand of the Lord was there protecting us. The right hand of the Lord was going there uh, into battle for us. How did he do it? Well, look at verse 8, by the blast of his nostrils. And you think of that uh, in light of creation, how God created man and man and woman and he breathed life into him. There's there's the life-giving breath of God um, that comes out to us. And, and I don't need to remind you, but the word spirit in the Bible is, is the word for breath or wind, uh, because that's God's breath or wind in us. And and even when the, when it, uh, the scriptures say that all scripture is inspired by God, it literally means God breathed. He breathed life into this word. That's why when you and I read it, it gives us such light. It gives us such hope. It, it reminds us of where our rock is at and that we can be still and know that he is God and that God is our fortress and strength. And I could go on and on on that. Um, but what do the enemies say? So here's our world, verse 9. The enemy says, I'm going to pursue after them. I'm going to overtake them. Um, the enemy, which doesn't trust in God, which trusts in themselves, thinks that's what they're going to do. Uh, but what do you and I say? Verse 11, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? One of those wonderful, heavenly, godly, rhetorical questions. The answer to that is obvious. Any two-year-old child could tell you, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? And the answer is nobody. But we need to be reminded of that because we're constantly being questioned all day long. Is God really your rock? Is he really your fortress? Think back to the temptation of Adam and Eve. It's exactly what Satan said. Did God really say? Can you depend on God and his word? Um, uh, does God really know that uh, and all this? And, and uh, But we come back and we ask those wonderful rhetorical questions. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. You know, we love to be wowed. Um, we love to be wowed by a tremendous athlete or a great performer or even the wonders of this earth, but there's nothing that ought to wow us anymore to be in awe of. That's really what that means. Awe, when you see it, um, is God and, and his wonderful works and, and, and his actions. And, and above all that, the fact that he's doing it all for us, that he's looking out for us, that his, his reason for acting is not just to show off his power. His reason for acting is to care for us and to save us and to win us back. And look what happens, verse 14. The people have heard, people hear about God and hear about the wonders of God. You and I are called to proclaim those wonders of God. Let his light shine before others that they see what we do and give glory to God. Say, wow, what an amazing God that you have. Um, verse 16 kind of is a little play on words when he says, terror and dread fall upon those who go against the Lord because of his greatness of his arm. They are still as stone. In other words, they are as good as dead. Why? Till your people, O Lord, pass by. That's a Passover word, how God passed over the children of Israel, those who had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, but that same God that passed over also destroyed those who didn't have faith in him, who didn't trust him. Um, we are the Passover people, and I need to remind you that that's what the Lord's Supper is. That's our Passover meal. It's recognizing that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I are saved, and now Jesus is giving us this covenant in the Lord's Supper to remind us of that, and we do it weekly, which is awesome, uh, the fact that our sins are forgiven, and to give us that forgiveness 
witness in the, in the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we continue to do it till the Lord comes back, because look at verse 18, the Lord will reign forever and ever. Hear a little hallelujah chorus going on there, um, and, and Handel's uh, words uh, putting that to music too. Uh, Miriam uh, is a prophetess, uh, verse 20, so there's examples of not just men, but also women, women proclaiming God's word, a prophetess, and she's dancing, so that's a way that they worshiped God, and, and some churches still do that today, nothing wrong with that, if it's in the right spirit and the right word, um, and Miriam sang the same thing, and they just sang this refrain, which is the, the uh, verse 21, sing to the Lord, for he is trained gloriously, the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. And you would think at that point, boy, the children of God were just set for the rest of their lives. But what do we read in verse 22? When things got rough, three days later, um, they're complaining to God. And it's kind of interesting. They're complaining to God for water, one of the crucial things we need for life. They grumble to Moses. So um, here's the fun of being a leader is that people will grumble to you, even though the grumbling isn't against you. It's really against God. And the fact that people, we would grumble against God, boy, how fickle we are. Um, and now the Lord is going to start to teach them. And verse 25 says, And he cried to the Lord, so Moses knows where to go and who they're really crying out against. And the Lord showed him a log. And it's kind of interesting. That word showed is, is the word to teach. Uh, and God is going to continue to teach. He is continuing to teach us in, the, in the, the commandments and all that. And then notice the words in uh, the rest of verse 25. There the Lord made them for them a statute. So statute means something that stands forever. God's commands last and stand forever. They still apply to our life as well as a rule. What's a rule for? It keeps us on the straight and narrow. It keeps us on the path. Think of what a ruler does. Um, and there he tested them. In other words, um, to and, and testing that God gives to us is to build our our faith, to fire away um, all the uh, the imperfections and, and to get us back on track. And then in verse 26, he uses the word commandment. We know what a commandment is. Those are God's commands to us. He, as a loving parent, is telling us, his children, what to do, as well as his statutes. So think of something that stands firm, that doesn't change. Um, and, uh, and he also says, uh, but if you don't follow that, um, th th don't do that, because look and see what happened to Egypt, because they didn't follow that. And uh, tomorrow we're going to read about the fact that not only did God give them water, but tomorrow we're going to read about the bread that he gives them too. And we'll highlight that some more. So God bless you as you celebrate, along with the children of Israel, the grace and mercy and love of God.